some men are dirtier than others. Welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host. And today I have very special guest, Deborah Newell. You probably know her from the series Dirty John on Bravo and Oxygen. Happy to have you on the show. Well, thank you. Nice to be on here. I feel like we both have the same objective. We want to warn people of the Dirty Johns that are out there. Oh, and there's many. (laughs) Yes. It's important for people to know that this can happen to anybody. And not yeah. only that, but it happens a lot more than people think. Oh, it's amazing. The the emails that I get a day of women going through it that are still in it. It's crazy. I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I have at least five to 10 still a day saying they're in it. They don't know how to get out or they have friends in it and they don't know how to help. It's hard because for the most part, I mean, love is blind. So people can tell you about the red flags because they see them, but you just, you don't, you don't see them. And if you do, you overlook them and you come up with excuses for it. Well, I think that anyone on the inside is falling. They're getting a whole different story than the ones on the outside. The outsides are able to look at it with their head. You know, they're being able to say, you know what, I see this wrong or I see that wrong, where we are the ones that are being love bombed. And so we're falling and the feeling feels good. You know, to be falling in love is one of the greatest feelings. People are actually addicted to it, they say. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can get that. Especially when you're for it and you haven't found it. And all of a sudden, here's this good looking guy that comes along that says everything right. You fall for it. Oh, absolutely. Because you have no other option than to take him for what he's saying, because why would he lie? Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of them out there and it's very unfortunate. And that's why people need to be aware of the red flags. Yes. Very true. I've learned the hard way, (laughs) but at least I finally learned. (laughs) Honestly, I think that's the way we all learn though. Lisa, if we saw someone go through it and we were on the outside, we And we care that much about them. We're probably going to learn some, but it's not until you're really in it that you sit back and you can go back and look, oh, wow, that was a red flag or now I get it. You know, now I can see what he was doing. He was manipulating me. He was first love bombing me. Then he was gaslighting me. So you, you're able to look back and really um, it's important to educate yourself. No, absolutely. And that was actually a question I was going to have for you. If now, you know, looking back, if things were like, oh, wow, how did I miss that? Or, Oh, oh, yeah. You look back and you think, okay, it moved way too fast. And honestly, time is always on your side. And being as cautious as possible is on your, you need to focus on their apps out there. Don't give them too much information. Don't give them your last name. Don't give them where you live. Meet in very secure, lit up places where there's a lot of people until you really get to know him, his friends, his family, you know, the people that are in his life will say a lot about who he is. Very true. You have to, you'll look for the clues because they'll be there. Yeah, exactly. Charming was something that I thought was a great trait. It tends to be uh, something that all sociopaths have, psychopaths. 
Um, um, so on. Yeah, I was thinking he was either a sociopath or a narcissist or a combination of both. <laughs> well, when I, I don't know if you know this, but once I figured out what was going on and we had looked him up a little bit, uh, you just don't walk away. So I had to literally figure him out along the way. But I hired two lawyers, I hired a detective, and I hired a forensic psychiatrist. And he was able to pretty much, at, at first they said he was a narcissist, sociopath, predator. But mm-hmm. then did a lot of the things that he did, he checked off every box of a psychopath, all 20 boxes. So when he killed and upped his game and set my car on fire, that's when everything changed. That's insane. 20 boxes. <laughs> that's a yeah. lot of boxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sure is. So things you don't even think about, and they're out there at 4%, I think 4 to 5% of the population is a sociopath. That's scary odds. I've dated two narcissists and I'm like, you know, I, I can't. <laughs> a lot of cities have a lot of narcissists, a lot of wealthy cities, I should say. Uh, where I'm from, Orange County, uh, there it's a larger percentage here. I could see that because everyone tries to be all beautiful. Not as beautiful as you, of course. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, thank you. <laughs> I just had, I was curious. Did he really like want the marriage as quick? Because I know it was only within like two months. So I was curious to see if that he was conditioning you for that. Oh, 100 um, percent. The last thing I wanted was marriage. And these con men are so good. I think I'm a very smart woman. Um, and I've been successful in my business. I feel that I've made great choices in many areas of my life, not in the love department. And I felt that what was going on with me is he, I could walk outside and I've, ma- I've used this um, analogy a few times. I could walk outside and it could be sunny out. And he was that good at convincing that it's about ready to rain in 20 minutes. And I'd be like, really? Huh? But they are so good. What he would do is in the beginning, I said, I don't know if I ever want to get married again. I've had so many failures. I just want love. I want companionship. And he said, oh, but don't you want to be with your soulmate the rest of your life and die in my arms and so on? And I'd say, well, I can die in your arms without that piece of paper. (laughs) Right. I mean, every day it was... Honey, I can't imagine life without you. I love you more than I've ever loved anything on earth. You are, you know, this and that and so on. I just want to be married to you. I want to make you my life. I want to make this right. And I'm a very moral, religious woman, or not religious. I don't consider myself religious. A a woman that believes in God and believes in doing the right thing. And I was raised where you get married obviously. And so he knew what to say. He would say, do the right thing in front of God. Make your mom so happy for us, you know, because you're doing the right thing. So he knew the buttons to push. Like built-in salesman. Oh, yeah. And he would do this many times a day. I get a, a text. I love you so much. I just want you to be my wife. I've never wanted something so badly. And I'm a pleaser. I did you know, when here's this good looking guy that's fun and and intelligent and you think is successful, he's coming after you and you're falling. You eventually, well, I had a couple drinks in me just to let you know. (laughs) 
you're good. <laughs> we were had a couple drinks and I, I was like, oh, okay, let's just do it. But don't tell anyone. Anyway, <laughs> stupid me. I I go back and I think, why did I do that? You know, why? Because it's much easier to get into something than it is to get out of it. I tell all my friends, okay, before you go to that next level, think about, is this something that you really want and they are the right person? And, you know, there's a lot of facets that come along with um, getting married. And I've talked a few out of it. Um, (laughs) Well, that's a success. (laughs) Yeah. And they end up breaking up. So I'm like, okay, I'm so grateful I did that. But, you know, again, easier in than it is out. Yeah, I'm not trying to be negative towards it because there's, I have friends that are just have an amazing marriage and their husband, I have a girlfriend, she's been married 41 years and we were at dinner not too long ago and her husband looked at me and he says, aren't I the luckiest man on earth? Uh, oh my gosh, where do we find those? <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow. And she said, he is, he's an incredible man. He's an incredible husband. Uh, he was an incredible father. And I thought, well, you know what? You you were one of the lucky ones and more power to the women that get them, you know, and vice versa. But I think there are a lot of quality people. It's just finding what works for you and finding someone that is just a genuine human being. Absolutely. No, what I always try to tell people is when you first meet somebody, you don't meet them. You meet their representative. Right. right. The real them comes out about two to three months into the relationship. Then you start seeing different behaviors. Yeah. Well, the first what? First three months, it's all infatuation. Mm -hmm. Months, you're starting to see things. Six to nine months, you are trying to decide whether this is the person for me. And then I think, after nine months, maybe a little bit longer, depending on the amount of time that you see each other and how open is when you really know who that person is to a certain degree. Yeah, I've heard of stories where people pulled it off for decades. And that's just crazy to me. Crazy. But the truth always ends up coming out. So yes, I have a friend the other day that and he's a guy and a great guy and his wife left him after 16 years. And I was talking to him and I said, didn't you know? He goes, well, she was a little cold. And he said, but I had no clue because I was so focused on my career. I was focused on just living life and didn't even think about it because I'm not a player, he said. But she had been having an affair with the same man. He had finally left his wife after 16 years. Wow. Actually moved across the country. So uh, definitely a a narcissist sociopath, by the way. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) I said, take your time, get to know everything about, you know, the next woman you're with. Absolutely. You got to look for the flags. So many times your friends, family members, they'll try to tell you, but yeah, love is blind. We sound like negative Nancy's or Debbie Downer's right now, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just so important to bring awareness because sometimes you have to hear it from somebody else to put yourself in that perspective to be like, oh my God, that's what's happening to me. A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I wrote a book, Surviving Dirty John, for many reasons, but one of them was 
pretty much to dive into the real story, what honestly happened. The series obviously put the Hollywood, you know, made us all a different character and quite extreme and left out some very key elements, uh, such as that I wasn't hiding for seven months, that I did have two lawyers, one telling me to talk to him, that number one, he wasn't shooting up. I think they just took everything. They left out really key elements that I wish people had known. But one of them was that it can happen to just about anyone out there. I also talk about um, the traits of a narcissist, sociopath, psychopath, coercive control, what really happened to my sister, which is that's what happened to her and the real story behind that. So I think it's essential that people learn to understand, again, like you're talking, red flags, and really know what they're dealing with and being able to see the signs. I'm so sorry to hear about your sister, Cindy. Do you see any of the same similarities between, it was her husband, correct? Who? Yes, 100%. The same thing that she went through. I now look back, um, some of the, you know, he choked her at one point. He uh, wouldn't let her wear bathing suits. He wouldn't let her go to the gym. So he was very controlling. But yet on the outside, we all thought he was a great guy. We didn't see it. And back in the day, this happened about 30 years ago. It wasn't talked about. It was something that women were so ashamed of that it really wasn't something that a woman wanted to talk about. Um, They wanted to look like they were the perfect family and so on. Uh, Today, I think there is so much more awareness, even though it's still out of control. I think four women in America a day are murdered by their significant other. Uh, And we only hear of some very interesting stories. We don't hear about the mainstream ones. It's just, it's so sad. No, it really is. Something that I would really like to see in the future is I want ankle bracelets on these predators. Stalking, uh, domestic abuse, or sex offenders. If we're going to keep them on the streets, we need to know where they are at all times. And the other thing, a law was passed in California. I was luckily a little bit part of it. And it talks about coercive control. And what happened was I went to four police stations, could not get him arrested, even though he had a record, because I didn't have a mark on me. In fact, they all of them almost looked at me like, just go home. So I learned that the system, if you don't have a mark on you, and a lot of times it's too late before they do anything. Absolutely. Because you have to get all this evidence to prove your case. Well, right. Why doesn't he prove that he's not doing it? Why do you have to do all this work? What I realized is it's so important to stay in tune with friends so you don't let them isolate you and also document anything you possibly can so that you do have any evidence if you are to try to go somewhere. Connecticut is also another state that passed the same law on cursive control. Good. It's important. We need all states on board because it's getting out of control and so many of the police departments they don't care. Oh, yeah. Actually, Nevada went backwards. Oh. Yeah. Instead of getting a little bit more strict about the laws of uh, domestic abuse, they actually have gone more lenient. It's really sad. Wow. So it's a shame. And it's when women try to leave, I think, in curse control, when a woman tries to leave, that's when they're at risk. 75% of their risk is after they leave. Problem is, though, if you stay, you're still at risk. Right. 
Right. It's an unfortunate situation. And that's why it's just so important to bring awareness to all of this. People need to open their eyes and say, okay, I need help. It's okay to ask for help. Yes. What have you done to help heal yourself with everything that's happened? Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm getting when the whole thing happened. I was in shock for a long time. I couldn't believe what was happening. I couldn't believe that, that he went after my daughter. I was told that the only thing he had to lose uh, was uh, if he went after me. Uh, Well, the only thing he had to gain was if he killed me, he would get money. If he went after my kids, he had everything to lose. So there was at a point where I didn't have any fear for my kids because I thought it was about him trying to get to me and kill me. Right. Uh, I did hide very well. I went from state to state. And obviously had to change my whole life. But the one thing after the the stabbing, um, I was in shock, but I spent more time getting my daughter healed and working with her. And I had so much guilt. I mean, obviously, when you go out on a date, this is the last thing you think is going to happen. When you're in a relationship, you never think that it's going to be your children. And so that was something I had to overcome and forgive myself for. Um, At the same time, I knew that John wasn't me, that I was the innocent victim, just like she was. And I was also very grateful that she was able to kill him because I felt that he stopped or she stopped him from moving forward and hurting other women, including our whole family. Oh, I'm sure he would have came to you next for sure. Oh, if she wouldn't have stabbed him, I'm sure that I would be killed. I think that Jacqueline, one of my daughters, would have been killed. I don't think he would have stopped. I think his ex-wife eventually would have been killed. And a few others that he just was out to get. Yeah. And I feel he has killed some of these unresolved murders out there. I think he might have had something to do with. Wow. I wouldn't put it past them from what I've read. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he would, he would always tell me that he's killed five people, but he would say it was in Iraq. (laughs) And I think a little bit of a, hmm, he's trying to tell me something is what I felt. Right. When I went back into the home uh, that he was living in, I found kidnap, um, I found backpacks with kidnapped kids. No kidding. Yeah. With the rope and uh, the zip ties, knives mask, things, obviously, for kidnapping. And he had them in backpacks in our um, in the pantry. Did they run DNA to see if they've been used? No. Good point. <laughs> um, I felt that they were all things that he had put together for the future. But yeah, that, that's a really good point. I don't I think I threw everything away, unfortunately. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Uh Uh-oh, I made a mistake there. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. Most people don't think that way. Apparently, I watch way too much crime shows. (laughs) You're the first person in five years that has said that, but that's a really good point. I like that point. Yeah, they're long gone. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to say you guys aren't victims. You're survivors. Oh, well, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it happened for a reason. And... It meant everything for me to be able to speak up and help others. I'm one of the lucky ones. I've had so many women reach out to me that don't have the money, don't have the support. They don't have a way of getting away or they're still in so much fear or they've lost everything to a, to their lawyer, you know, trying to fight it. And I mean, it's 
it's terrible. I mean, I, I've sat there and cried with women that can't get out of it. And I don't have answers for them. I've just told them, protect yourself, stay close to whoever you can, do whatever you can to protect yourself and your children. You need to tell people, people who hide it, nobody can come and help you if nobody knows about it. Right. Yeah. Got to yeah. share it. It's uncomfortable, of course. It could be embarrassing. But how's anyone going to help you? Yeah, I got so judged in the beginning. And I thought to myself, you know what? I know who I am. I know what happened. Yeah, of course, I made some mistakes. I don't deny that I didn't um, recognize or pay attention to red flags or that I jumped in too soon. Obviously, I'm very aware I did that. And But at the same time, moving forward, we have to look at our mistakes, you know, for the future. And we need to look at others and not and have compassion, not have judgment. So I felt with my story being out there, everyone's going to have an opinion, but it's building awareness. It's really sharing my story and, and hopefully women won't be so ashamed that gone through it, or maybe we can give them pointers of how to deal with something or just know that they're not alone. Absolutely. And look for local shelters. There's so many that will take in women. I know some cities are probably going to be limited, but at least look for other options. Yeah. What else would you like to know? (laughs) How has this impacted your dating? (laughs) Are you you ever going to go back online or is that a new? Let's put it this way. I've dated. At this point in my life, I just don't see marriage the same way I did. (laughs) Um, But I really look for the red flags now. And I'm... You know, I would never meet somebody and and literally tell them where I live or anything like that. So it's impacted it to where I think I'm extremely cautious. As you should be, as we all should be. Sometimes we're too eager to jump in because it just, it looks all shiny and perfect. Exactly. It's not. (laughs) No. Well, but there are some, like I said earlier, there are some great men and great women, great relationships out there. Oh, absolutely. They are out there. You just got to find them. Yeah. (laughs) That's the hard part. (laughs) True. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You should live in Newport Beach. (laughs) I meet a lot of people and I'm going to say 80% of them have a story about their marriages or dating life or whatever. It's interesting. And then I have some adorable couples that are just Mm. that are happy and I can't imagine them not being with each other. So. That's how you know it's made in heaven. Meant to be. Everything happens for a reason. You might not know the reason. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a believer in that. I do too. I I feel that this happened to me for a reason. Um, And I felt it was because I am strong. And I could go out there and try to help people. And and I think with my daughter, Tara, she's she's got PTSD. So she has hard days. But at the same time, I think she's out there to help people too. It's important. Honestly, I've heard so many people say like that helps you heal when you tell your story because each time you're you're getting it out, you're peeling layers. Well, yes and no. When you tell your story over and over and over again, you're having to relive it. You get to a point where you're able to put it at an arm's length and opposed to it just hitting you. When I wrote the book, that's when I really understood who I was. And I really had to dig deep and I had many days of crying and, you know, you go through every emotion. Part of it is, is healing when you talk about it, 
very cathartic. But at the same time, when you're reliving it, you eventually have to put it at an arm's distance just so you can, when you're trying to help others. Now, I get that. So you can move on. Yes. In a sense, and still yes. be able to do what it is that you want to do. Absolutely. I think what you guys are doing is amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we we're just blessed how the story ended. And we also feel very fortunate that we can share our story. Absolutely. Well, I was so happy to have you on the show. Well, thank you. Nice to meet you. It was a pleasure. Nice to meet you as well. And um, anytime you would like to talk again, I would love to. Okay. I can, I can talk to you about narcissists, all the signs. (laughs) (laughs) and so on okay well have a good evening thank you same to you happy new year you too and happy new years to you guys too Thanks for listening. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, leave a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple. If you haven't checked out the website yet, it's crimeovercocktails.com. And there you can listen to episodes, check out merch, or if you want to help support the show, there are many ways to do so there. All right, you guys, we'll talk crime another time. Bye. Bye.